0: Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, your co-host Shaq. We're going to be talking UFC Sao Paulo, Derek Brunson versus Leota Machida. And Shaq,
1: the dragon is finally back, man. Two and a half year layoff, one of the best to ever do it. I'm uh, interested to see how he's going to approach this fight, but uh, it's a great card all in all.
0: And joining us to break down UFC Sao Paulo is UFC bantamweight Albert the Warrior Morales. Albert, welcome back to Half the Battle.
2: Man, it's good to be back. You know, I love being here
0: with you, man. Uh man, the pleasure's all ours, man. We're going to talk about your upcoming fight in a sec, but before we do that, let's break down this main card, man, because, look, kicking off the card, we got... Marlon Chitovera he's a plus 400 dog to John Lineker who's minus 500 man it's a huge step up for Marlon Chito Vera. Shaq you think he's gonna rise to the occasion here
1: man it's a tough task uh, I think Marlon's been improving a lot in his career especially his last three fights I mean all three wins and getting better every single time but now he's in there with the number five guy in the world um I think he could possibly rise to the occasion I'm not confident enough to bet it so I'm just gonna pass but uh I'm gonna go with Lineker here with late stoppage
0: Albert the Warrior Morales, this is your weight class, man. You got Marlon Chito Vera stepping up to take on the number five guy on planet Earth. You think he's going to do this?
2: I have 100% confidence that Chito Vera is going to do this, man. Um, one, obviously I'm biased based on that you know, intro, but uh, Chito is actually a good friend of mine, but I know how high, hard that guy works. He's coming up with a great win over, uh, who was it, um, Brad Pickett, right?
0: That was, was that yeah, last fight? and Brian Keller
2: exactly oh yup and that was a dope win man clean submission so I know Cheeto's working really hard he's well rounded uh, I, I would say his ground game is definitely a strong point but I mean he's super well rounded super tough and he's gonna come bring the fight um he's got to reach on John a little bit you know the funny thing is I was actually um presented that fight also but then you know John it doesn't really make sense for John to fight man so Cheeto got the call Chito, you know Cheeto took it in a heartbeat man I think he's gonna do well man I think, I think he's gonna pull it off
0: Man, you know, it's interesting because obviously I'm biased as hell too. You know, I've been speaking with Cheeto Vera since he was, you know, 21 years old. And this is one of the most mature kids I've ever met in my life. You know, what he's done. If you know the guy's story, it's absolutely unbelievable. Now, obviously, we got to break down the matchup itself. And uh, I feel like people don't realize how big Chito Vera is for the weight class. I mean, the dude's massive, and he's growing into that frame every single fight. With John Lineker, you're dealing with a, with a flyweight. Let's be honest. The guy's five foot two. Now, that being said, they call him hands of stone for a reason. You know, when this dude mixes it up to the body, I mean, he, he puts dudes down. Now, in every interview I've heard with Chito Vera, he's been saying, look, I'm not going to trade punches with John Lineker. What I'm going to do is... The mistake that people have been making is that they try to hit this guy on the chin with their punches and, you know, they break their hands doing that because the dude's got an iron job. But what Cheeto was saying was that I can head kick the guy, I can throw a knee up the middle, use my length, use my size, because it doesn't matter who you are. You eat a shin to the chin, you're going down. So that's what Cheeto was saying, and in the past, you know, I know Luis Godineau was able to tap out John Lineker, and uh, Cheeto Vera's got some very funky submissions. Look, I don't got money on the line. I'm just rooting for one particular side. I'd love to see Cheeto Vera go out there and get the biggest win of his career, so I hope he does it. Now, next up in the middleweight division, we got Tiago Santos. He's plus 115. And Jack Hermanson is minus one thirty-five. Now, Albert, man, when Thiago Santos lets that body kick go, man, I mean, it's, you cringe when you hear the sound of that body kick. But Jack Hermanson, he's been getting on top of these dudes and pounding them out in one round. So, I mean, you think he's gonna come down to Brazil and beat Thiago Santos?
2: Nah, I doubt that, man. That guy's fired up. Tiago's a beast, dude. I enjoy like like you said, those body kicks are ridiculous, man. And I, I think you know, I think they're gonna, I think. Uh, jack's a little bit smaller man like well not smaller but i think in frame a little bit i think tiago's gonna break him down real quick um i think it's like for sure i'd go with tiago on the decision
0: shaq man you uh you taking the dog here or are you like the favorite
1: uh man it's uh i actually like tiago in this fight as well uh, i think her has been able to get on top of these guys these lower level guys like brad scott and alex nicholson and uh he's been able to dominate them with uh just that top pressure but uh I think Tiago's a little bit too physical for him, man. I think he's gonna feel every left body kick, every left high kick, every straight left, and mixing it up with the orthodox stance. I think he's just going to be physically too much for him. Kind of similar to the Cesar here. You know, what's interesting about this matchup
0: is with Tiago Santos. Look, I'll never say something like, you know, when he shows up, when he doesn't show up. Because I feel like that really discredits the opponent. But, man, when you look at his loss against Spicely and then you find out he wasn't even training at ATT for that fight. He was doing the home gym thing. It lets you know that, you know, he didn't really take Spicely seriously. But ever since that fight, he's woke the fuck up, man. Because you saw the fight with Marshman. You saw the fight with Gerald Mearshart. I mean, the dude... He turned a corner in those two fights. Uh, His takedown defense has improved vastly, his getup game. You saw that post he had against uh, Gerald Mearshart. That was a serious post, dude. And now that he's able to get back up to his feet, he feels a lot more confident with his striking because he feels like, look, I can let things go because I know that my hips, my sprawl, my getup game, my wall walking is on point now to where I can let everything go. You started to see glimpses of that in the Elias Theodoro fight, but then obviously the Spicely fight and the Musasi fight kind of brought his confidence down. But man, he's been grinding. In. You know, when a world champion faces defeat, they put their head down and grind. and Thiago Santos has looked better than ever, and I think he's going to continue that trend here. I think I'm going to complete the hat trick, boys. I think he goes out here. I think he stops Jack Hermanson. I think he's simply too physical for him. Now this one's going to yeah. be good as hell, man. We got Francisco Masuranduba Trinaldo. He's minus 200, and the comeback on Jim Miller is plus 170. Now Albert, I mean, dude, prior to. Francisco Trinaldo's last fight with Kevin Lee, he was on a seven-fight win streak, and we know Jim Miller. He's a staple in the lightweight division. He's coming off wars with Anthony Pettis and Dustin Poirier. You liking Jim Miller to get the upset here in Brazil? Or you think that uh, Francisco Trinaldo is going to get back on track? Um,
2: I, I, honestly, I think it's going to be a dope scrap. You know, Jim Miller's always. Both these guys are always scrapping, man. Um, I'm I'm always with Jim Miller, man. Jim Miller. You know, he can stand up, but his ground game is ridiculous, man. He's got a bunch of tricky submissions. I think he might pull one off in Brazil, you know, submit a, submit a Brazilian in Brazil with Brazilian
0: Jiu-Jitsu. Man, that would be absolutely insane. And, you know, if anyone's got a submitter's chance, it definitely is Jim Miller. I'm going to go the opposite way, Albert. I think uh, Trenado, man, the southpaw stance. But what's interesting here is it's southpaw versus southpaw. And we saw that Jim Miller, he was actually able to get off on the calf kicks against Dustin Poirier in that third round. What's interesting about the calf kicks is, I mean, you know, they call it the calf kick, but it's really right under the calf because if you look at the anatomy of the calf, I mean, so much muscle there, but right under it, there's absolutely literally zero muscle. So you kick right under the calf, and it only takes about two for your opponent to be limping. So, you know, if Jim Miller starts to get off on that, it could be a big weapon. But, man, Francisco Trinaldo, he's a Muay Thai, former Muay Thai world champion. I know he knows how to check leg kicks. I just think his pressure is going to be too much for Jim Miller. I see him taking a decision here, Shaq.
1: Yeah, man, I'm actually going to go with Jim Miller as well. I feel like the low kick is going to play a huge weapon in this fight. I think he's going to start feeling that low kick, and I feel like he possibly could pull off a little submission. If he gets Shenado to desperately shoot in on a takedown after getting after getting low kicked, I feel like he could wrap his neck, uh, uh, neck up and take it home. But uh, I'm not going to bet it, but I am actually going to go with Jim Miller in this fight.
0: Alba, we're back in your weight class, man, because, look, we got Rob Font. He's minus 185. He's taking on Pedro Munoz, who's plus 160, and... Dude, I mean, I just see this being what we like to refer to as a knock. I mean, these two are going to stand and bang for three straight rounds or until one guy goes down. I mean, Pedro Munoz has one of the nastiest guillotines in the bantamweight division, yep. but Rob font has got a seven-inch reach advantage. Albert, it's your weight class. What are you thinking, man? Uh, I'm going to go with
2: Pedro Munoz with the guillotine. Um, I think somehow Pedro's actually a really good wrestler. I've wrestled with him before. Um, he's down a bang. We all know that, you know, uh, based off – even off his first time in the UFC against the sunshine, like, he's going to bang. Um, but he's also, he's also getting smarter, man. He's, he's not, I know he's at ATT, I think, last time I checked. Um, so I, I think he's going to fight smart, look to play his game, and, and you know, find, find his way to the ground and get a guillotine. I think he's going to continue wrapping up – I think he has a record for the most guillotines. So I think he's just going to keep racking up guillotines.
0: Shaq, man, I mean, look. One does not simply escape the Pedro Munoz guillotine. I mean, we know this already. But you think Rob Font's going to be able to use that seven-inch reach advantage, or
1: it's funny in Brazil? It's funny because Rob Font actually said he wanted to guillotine Pedro, which we uh, yeah. which we know it happened. Talk is but, cheap, <laughs> but uh, uh, man, Pedro's one of those guys that he he's gonna fight for your money. Pedro likes to get in your face, and he like Albert said, he likes to bang with you. And uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if Font, you know, can uh surviving these panic situations against him man because he because uh Pedro creates chaos but uh I'm gonna take Font but I'm it's one of these fights where I'm gonna pass on for a bet it's just too risky in my opinion both guys anytime you see that plus 160 against Pedro Munoz's name you generally kind of want to bet it but uh I'm gonna go with Font this one
0: Dude, it's really interesting because I won't bet against a plus 160 Pedro Munoz. If anything, I'll take the plus 160 on Pedro because, like you said, he's the kind of dog that's going to come out here and fight for your money, and there's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But that being said, man, that – seven-inch reach advantage of Rob Font. It's one thing to have a seven-inch reach advantage. It's another thing to know how to use it. I think Rob Font is the kind of guy. He's long for the weight class, puts his combinations together really well. I do think the the uh, takedown defense has gotten better too. Not that it was ever really an issue. I mean, the Lineker fight, it was just a situation where Lineker simply hit way too hard for him. And kind of like Cheeto said, Rob Font had the wrong strategy going into that fight. He was trying to trade punches with Lineker, which is not what you do when you fight a guy like John Lineker. You just don't do that, man. If Rob's got the right game plan here, I think he can take it, but don't be surprised if uh, they get into a heated exchange and he shoots on Pedro and Pedro snatches that neck because that that guillotine is world-class. Co-main event of the evening, Colby Covington. He's minus 185 The comeback on Damian Myers, plus 160. Shaq, we've been going back and forth on this one. What are you thinking?
1: Man, I really haven't been going back and forth. I truly believe that Colby Covington will win this fight, and I believe he'll do it handedly. I feel like his pace is too much, honestly. And I've been thinking that for a long time. I just think when you get a guy that can wrestle like this all day for three rounds against a guy, you know, greatest jujitsu guy ever. But we've seen in the past that he can be out hustled in wrestling, wrestling exchanges at times against, you know, the Woodleys of the world, the Jake Shields for three rounds. And I just feel like Kobe pushes a pace that is way better than all three of them. Um, I feel like. In this fight, he didn't even have—he doesn't even have to engage in the wrestling if he doesn't want to. I mean, he could just run away from from him for three rounds and win a decision, just landing the more effective shots on the feet. So uh, I'm gonna go with Colby in this one.
0: Albert, look, man. We know Colby Covington. He likes to take people down. If you take down Damian Maya, I mean, one of the most lethal half guards in the game. You, what, what do you think is gonna go down in this one, man?
2: You're gonna get backpacked for three rounds. You know, he's going to be on you for like like, why on rice, man? He's, he's ridiculous, bro. Like, I think he's any grappler's worst nightmare. Uh, I think any wrestler that tries to fight him, you know, it, it, like, you know, if he runs away and tries to land the most, more effective strikes, then I think that's his best shot. But uh, I, I wouldn't bet against Damian Maia, especially against wrestling Because, you, you know, when when things don't go your way, you, you go back to your habits. You go back to what's natural. So I think – uh If anybody can box, man, remember for a little while he was he he was getting his hands right, man.
0: So, I I, got my all day, man. Now, I've been going back and forth on this one. You know, initially, I was picking Colby, and it's interesting. Colby's the kind of guy that he lives at ATT, you know what I mean? Like, his dorm room is literally connected to ATT. I hear this is the kind of guy that's in the gym from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys. That being said, he makes a lot of knucklehead mistakes on the on the mat. And, you know, for example... I noticed this in a a video I watched that when he sets up his ground and pound he puts his head right in your chest so he actually doesn't you know he doesn't posture up that much that's why he doesn't really put people out with his ground and pound he's just able to score points that way but I feel like that kind of thing is going to leave an opening for the half guard sweep and from there you know, from there it's gonna get really interesting because I wonder if Maya is immediately gonna be able to take his back like like Albert alluded to, or if they're gonna get into a chaotic scramble, which will be incredible to watch, you know, and it's three rounds, which I do think favors Maya, because we know if Maya's had one issue or one thing that you can criticize in the past has been that gas tank. So in a three round fight, you know, we don't have to worry about those championship rounds here. It's about Colby rising to the occasion. Is he ready to do this or not? I really don't know. You know, I've seen him fight Max Griffin and I seen him get Kimura swept. Not that Maya, you know, goes for moves like that, but I'm saying if you leave an opening like that against a lower level guy, what's going to happen when a third degree black belt, you know, gets that opportunity, man? I think he can take advantage. So I can see uh, Colby doing some grindage here, but I can also see him g- making a knucklehead mistake and uh, giving up his back. And you give up your back one time to Maya, and that's enough for for Maya to win the round, so it's going to be interesting. I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm going to go with Damian Maya to get this win. I, I still think Colby's got a bright future, and it won't surprise me if, if Colby does what Jake Shields did. I just think that Jake Shields was simply too big. That That's my opinion, but hey, that pace Colby set is serious, and it won't surprise me if he gets this done. Main event. Derek Brunson, he's minus 160, Lyoto Machida's plus 140, Albert, I know uh, Leoto's a former black house guy, I mean, you think he's going to get back on track here, man, it's been 2.5 years, he's taken on a very athletic and explosive guy in Brunson, but in the past, you know, Lyoto has been able to deal with the wrestlers, you think he's going to be able to do so here?
2: Um, I'm, I'm hoping, man, I'm really hoping, dude, because, you know, I, I, I got this weird feeling that, uh, you know, if he does win, I think he retires, man, and I kind of want him to go out. It's kind of a ball, I feel like it's a real ballsy move to go against Brunson. I don't think it's like a reemerging, man, I hope it's not. I just, like, if if, I, if he retires, I hope he wins, man, you know, but, like, honestly, man, that's a tough fight to go against, dude. I don't think the guy's going to take him down, but, I mean, I think Leo's Shin's kind of deteriorated the older he's gotten, the more hits he's gotten, so... I think uh, well Brunson might even be able to find his way to a submission.
1: So I, I don't know, man. It's a close one I'm hoping for Lyoto, for sure. Shaq? man. Um, generally, in the his- history shows that this matchup is actually a good one for Lyoto. He he does can uh Brunson likes to charge in wild swing big punches, and you know if you if you really look at you know who it's against, it's kind of when you really look at the opponents. I mean, it's Sam Alvey, it's Dan Kelly, it's uh. Who else? Um Cornero, but Uriah Hall, he, he did uh Ron Cornero and uh Uriah Hall. And uh I still feel like, man, this might be the best opponent he's faced on that streak. I mean, he did get a little starstruck against Anderson and uh Ra made him pay for moving forward recklessly and I feel like Leoto could be that guy as well. And I actually think he's gonna uh pull off a like a slide step knockout or for something like that, man, just catch him and uh close the show.
0: Man, it would be cool to see some vintage Leota. I mean, I remember back when he knocked out Rashad Evans at UFC 98. You know, the very next day, everyone's like, man, i got to start training karate again. You know what I'm saying? So, it was one of no, those things. Like, every- <laughs> Albert, you remember that shit? Hell yeah, man. Like, it had me thinking about
2: fucking karate, man. Liotta was a shit,
0: dude. <laughs> yeah, he was unbelievable. Like, I thought he was going to reign for a really long time. But even when he lost the title, I mean, he still came back and won a bunch of big fights. I mean... He- the Randy Couture fight, I mean, he won a bunch of a bunch of fights after that. Look, man, I, you know.
2: Dude,
0: that he, he was amazing with it, man. His blitz. He, and he used to do a lot of uh, foot sweeps that he doesn't do anymore. Like, you remember those foot sweeps he used to hit on dudes? I was like, God damn, son. Oh, he did He did one on bro, Tiago. He, he did Tiago Silva dirty. Oh, oh, go ahead, bro.
2: No, I was just going to say, man. I remember um, uh, when I
0: was,
2: I just turned pro, man. I was in the, I just joined Black House. And I remember seeing Khalil Roundtree and Leoto like, sparring, man. And you know those blitzes, like the Dragon Blitz, that's what we used to call it, man. You, those, that Dragon Blitz was ridiculous, man. That, that, if that Leo shows up, that'd be awesome, man.
0: Man, what was that like seeing that legend in the flesh? Bro, it's, it's amazing, bro. Like, I am so sure about, like,
2: seeing Anderson and all these guys, man. Like, it's crazy. Was it, wait, dude, was it um, Anderson versus Kelvin Gaston, was, was that supposed to be the main event?
0: Yeah, it's uh It got pushed back to China.
3: Ah, uh, well, that's so dope.
0: Hey, who you got in that one, by the way? Man, that's tough,
2: man. I can never go against the goat, man. But Kevin is a beast, bro. He's like, he was one of my favorites at one hundred and seventy. He's still one of my favorite at one hundred and eighty, man. So, uh man, I'm, I'm going with the goat. But I mean, Kevin, Kevin's dope as hell.
0: Definitely. Well, for this main event, man. So here's what I think. Look. In Leoto's prime, I think he would have stopped Brunson. I think you charge a guy like Lyoto Machida, and that's uh, grounds to get knocked down. I mean, you remember that fight with Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader, you know, he was kind of patient the first round. He's like, you know, I, I know I can't rush in on Leoto, I got to be patient. But he got so frustrated after that first round. He was like, all right, fuck it. Let's go for it. And uh, right away, got knocked the fuck out with a counter. And, you know, Brunson, he charges in with his chin straight up in the air. You know, the champion, Robert Whitaker, was able to capitalize on that. But aside from that, man, I mean, no one's – I mean, Yoel. I mean, th- we're talking about the champ and the number one guy on the planet. I know Anderson punked him out and stuff, and I bet on Anderson in that fight. And it was kind of funny that Derek was getting, you know, starstruck in there and shit. And he stared at him for three straight rounds. That was amazing. But you got to assume that, he, that he's learned his lesson because, look, now he, he's a, he's actually not at Jackson's. He's in ATL working with Manu Nato. And if you know anything about Manu, I mean, Manu's a Muay Thai legend. I've seen – look, Manu's five foot eight. And, and, like, you know, he, uh I've seen him in there with UFC 205ers in the gym with his hands down playing with them. Like, you know what I'm saying before, like, massive fights. So, Manu is, you know, if, if Brunson's putting in work with him, that means he's taking this shit seriously. And also, that being said, as sad as it is, the realities of the fight game, when you stay away for 2.5 years, you come back, you're 40 years old, and the last two fights were as brutal as they were. You know, I, I think that you start to lose the guys that you would have beat in your prime. I think Lyoto would beat Derek Brunson in his prime. It's unfortunate. It's a sad reality of the fight game. I'm going to go with Derek Brunson. You know, his last five wins are by first-round knockout. I think he's going to continue that streak to si- his last six wins by first-round knockout. I think he's going to get a first-round knockout here, and it's going to be very sad. <laughs> it is what it is. Now, now, Albert, man, before I let you go, man, it just got announced you're taking on Benito in Fresno, California, I mean, dude, this is going to be such an awesome fight because, look, they're finally giving you a full training camp, and it's on neutral grounds, man. You don't got to go to Mexico, to the border of Mexico, and fight Alejandro Perez. You don't got to go to Brazil to fight Tomas. You don't got to fight Brett Johns on a week notice in Europe. Now you get a full training camp. I know we're going to get Money Morales. How excited are you that you get to really show what you're all about this time? Man, I'm just –
2: dude, I'm I... – it couldn't have came at a better time, man. Like, uh, I, I haven't announced it anywhere, but I'm going to announce it with you guys because, you know, I love you to death, brother. So um, I actually got a new contract with the UFC, man, so I'm super stoked about that.
1: Awesome. Um,
2: and then as well as the full camp, man, so I feel like they're showing me love. You know, they were all showing me love, but, you know, I, I take the fights, man. I, 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 you know, I like to fight. That's what I do. I do it to fight, and I do it for the fans, so I'll always take the fight. It doesn't matter what, what happens, man, but... um. Yeah, man, I'm super happy about Benito and 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 close. And you know, we were supposed to fight in the past, but something happened where he couldn't make it to the fight. I think he got injured or something. But you know, the past is the past, and just excited. Stay home, oh man. Uh, and the cool thing is, man, I kind of like went through all that stuff. Like, and 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 it's kind of I feel like everything that I've gone through has prepared me for this second chance. And. And, like, I'm going to do everything the right way, man. And, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm ready to knock this dude out for sure. Dude, That that's incredible. I'm so happy for you, man. Congrats on, on the new contract. And, I mean, you fucking deserve it, man. Like we said, a lot of people don't know because you're not the kind of guy to make excuses. But pretty much every single fight you've had in the UFC was on a week short notice.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, it, pretty much. Uh, I think the longest camp I had was three weeks.
0: Yeah, exactly, and, <laughs>
2: And you think of uh, three weeks. It's not really three weeks because that last week is cutting weight. So, you know, whatever it is, you minus it by one. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't take anything back. You know, Cowboy, uh, you know, watching him versus Darren Till was kind of, you know, sad because, you know, you you start to realize that Cowboy's a little bit older, man. Cowboy's got 30-plus fights in the UFC, you know. But uh, I think I kind of want to take his role, you know, that, that, you know, there's a fight that fell out. I know a guy. So I'm trying to be maybe that guy, you
0: know, be yeah. a real legend. Hell yeah, man! I mean, that's the way to do it—fight anyone, anytime, any place. And so, dude, look with Benito, with Benito. I know you saw his last fight. We know the deal. The guy, he, he like he wants to well, land yes, a you sure he wants to land a head kick knockout on you, a flying knee. He wants to put you out in the first round. But we saw that if you can get past that first round, I mean, that veteran experience, man. I mean, you've already had four UFC fights, so you feel like your experience is going to be a big weapon in this fight.
2: Definitely, man, and. I'm not taking anything away from being into Benito's dope. I think he belongs in the UFC. Um, You know, the fight was whatever. I saw a lot of, a lot of things. Um, Like, I, I I just feel like he's going to, you know, it's going to be a UFC debut. And it's it's such that he's going against me at where I'm at right now. Um, And that's not going to take away from him. He's going to come back and he's going to do all right. But um, yeah, I I, I don't really see that. Like I see, like he's dangerous. Do you allow him to be dangerous, man? And, and the way we're going right now, there's, I'm not telling you, man, you, you guys are going to see the real money
0: morales for sure. I'm super pumped, man. I know you got a new strength and conditioning program before the last fight, and I know it's going to pay dividends here. So, Albert, man, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us, bro.
2: Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Anytime, dude.
0: Yes, sir. Follow this man at Warrior135UFC. And uh, Albert, best of luck in camp. Best of luck in the fight. We'll talk soon, bro. All right, brother. See you later, man. All right, man. Peace out. Well, Shaq, we got to talk about these prelims because we got Antonio Carlos Jr. He's minus 440. The comeback on Jack Marshman is plus 350. Now, we know the Welshman's always got a puncher's chance. At plus 350, are you willing to find out if he's going to knock out uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. here?
1: No, I'm not because if Carlos Jr. fought this fight smart and how he should fight this fight... By taking him down, he should win this fight very easily. Um, Marshman, like we said, he has a puncher's chance. I mean, this guy knocked out Magnus Hedinblad in his debut. Uh, had a good fight with Mahetta, even though you know that ended that way. But uh, I'm, I'm not into the uh, Carlos Jr. parlays. I'm not into uh, to getting myself involved in that. But uh, I do think Carlos Jr. will take him down and uh, submit him.
0: Yeah, look. Jack Marshman, he's the definition of a puncher's chance. You know what's interesting? He's had 30 fights. He's never been submitted. So it would be a first if Carlos Jr. went out there and tapped him out and uh, you also got to assume that the work he's been putting in at greg jackson's is going to pay dividends here look i know his last fight he was a huge favorite he was supposed to go out there and smoke ryan james but what you guys got to understand is not only was that a completely different matchup than this but ryan james is just an awkward dude to fight it is what it is he's super long he he keeps coming at you he looks goofy as fuck but you know what i'm saying he's just a tough dude to deal with this is a completely different fight and i know carlos jr striking has improved leaps and bounds i mean so you watch his fight with dan kelly you know he's. 24 years old he had to take his first l but the way he rebounded from that fight against marvin vittori i mean that that's how you rebound from an l and then like lego was, was before marvin yeah, vittori right uh, yeah. was marvin Vitoria's last fight or did he have one a oh, spicely right we max bet spicely yeah. We max bet antonio Carlos jr to to beat spicely there so look he's been putting in work but now it's about the matchup itself it's about coming out here and fighting smart like shaq said look let's not get into a, a a stand and bang exchange with Jack Marshman. Like I know Antonio Carlos Jr.'s striking has gotten better, but this isn't the place to test it, man. You know what I'm saying? Test it against, you know, I know Chris Camozzi is no longer with the company, but test it against Trevor Smith or some shit. You know what I'm saying? But don't don't test it here against Jack Marshman. So it's just one of those things. You know, I think, Antonio can dictate where the fight goes. It, it, it's just about you know taking the fight where it's supposed to go. That's on the mat. That's taking this dude's back. That's grinding him out. That's choking him out. That's not standing and banging with him. So as long as Antonio does that, I think he'll win. But if he fucks around on the feet, I mean Marshman's the kind of guy. He's not afraid to close the distance. He's not afraid to rip it to the body. It's hooks he will, galore. He
1: will knock you the fuck
0: out. He will knock you out if you stand and bang with him. Make no mistake about it. So uh, I'm gonna go with Antonio Carlos uh, via either decision or submission, but. Be very careful betting this fight, in my opinion. Now, here we go. We got Nico Price. He's a plus 110 dog to Vicente Luque, who's minus 130 now. Dude, I've been wrong about all these Nico Price fights. You know, I keep picking against him, and the fucker keeps winning, man. Now, it's one of those things where am I finally going to pick him, and then he takes his first L, or or what, Shaq?
1: Man, that's a tough fight, man, because, you know, Nico is a guy, you know how I've been looking to fade, man, but then he keeps winning this fight, so I didn't think he was going to beat Ban. I thought JoBan was going to put on a similar performance like the Mike Perry fight, you know, use that game plan, and Nico completely shut that down, man. Um, he's undefeated. I don't really like betting on undefeated fighters. The first, L is always coming. Uh, but, man, uh, Luke you know, a lot of people saying that he looked terrible against Leon, and I don't think that's the case. I feel like that first round is so... I feel like a lot of people don't realize how good Leon's wrestling is. You know, his wrestling has gotten so much better in the last two years, and I feel like he completely gasses guys out. I mean, we saw what he did to Barbarina. He held him down longer than Kobe could, arguably, but uh, it's just, it is what it is. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Vicente on this one. I think he actually shows up early in the first round and uh, lands the more effective, harder shots on the feet, but uh, from a betting perspective, I'm not on either side just because you got an undefeated guy who's about to take his first loss very soon, I'm telling you that. And then you're fighting a guy who sometimes he might not be as consistent as he should be.
0: Look, when Vicente Luque shows up, I mean, this is a guy that knocked out Tiago Santos. This is a guy that knocked out Bilal Muhammad. But at the same time, he took this fight on, you know, six to ten days short notice. And in his last fight, the biggest issue was that he expended so much energy in that first round. He had nothing left the last two. And he got grounded out by a superior fighter. That's all it is to it. Like you said, Leon is a very underrated fighter. He doesn't get the respect he deserves. We've, we've always given him his respect, though. There's one guy, unlike, you know, Darren Till, who, you know, when he was fighting Nick Dalby, I picked him when he was fighting Wendell Oliveira, but, you know, kind of like his coaches said, he hadn't really gone out of first gear, so we kind of thought that that first gear, that's what Darren Till was, and then he showed against Cowboy that that's not all Darren Till was. He, he can throw right-side right right, right shots as well, you know what I'm saying, man? Uh, Darren Till is fucking serious, so, you know, I think Vicente is serious as well, but he, he took this on such short notice. I know... Price had a full camp. He was supposed to fight Luan Chagas and this is not going to be a letdown spot because Nico Price isn't really the kind of the kind of guy to get, you know, emotionally attached to a particular opponent. He was just looking forward to coming to Brazil and getting a fight cuz the guy likes to fight. He's a true fighter. You know, shout out to my boy Jamar the Rockstar Whitehead. He told me about Nico Price cuz he's a, you know, a fellow uh, Hollywood Floridian, you know what I'm saying? So uh I think Nico Price is actually the real deal, man. I've been counting him out these last few fights and he's been showing that he's legit as fuck. He's super durable. He's super tough. He hangs in there. And if you start to gas out against a guy like Nico Price, he will put it on you. Look, man, I think Vicente, if he comes in here in shape, his veteran experience, could, you know, hand Nico Price that first L. But I think he's going to gas out and Nico's going to find his chin and it's going to be a a holy shit moment. So I'm going to go with uh, the underdog Nico Price here. Now, here we go, man. We got Jared Gordon. He's minus 165. The comeback on Hakran Diaz is plus 145. Now, Jared Gordon's a very peculiar individual. That's all I got to say about that, Shaq. And uh, the very intense guy. What, what do you think is going to happen in this fight?
1: Man, um, I mean, you know this for a long time that I'm always down to fade Hakron. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I ain't, I'm not for this fight just because of the line. And, look, I think Jared Gordon is going to stay in Hakron's face the whole entire time. And I think he's going to land the more effective shots and hurt Hakron. Hakron might land shots as well, but Hakron will fill the shots. We've seen Hakron's chin deteriorate and deteriorate and deteriorate. And it's it's nothing different. Now he's taking the fight up 10 pounds because he's too lazy to cut the weight. And uh, I just feel like Gordon's going to stalk him down and stay in his face. And uh, look, the only thing that worries me, I haven't seen Jared Gordon. I haven't seen anyone shoot on him. Michelle Canona's didn't shoot on him, and there's not too much tape on him on YouTube. So that's the only thing I'm worried about how he can do with the takedowns. But uh I got Jared Gordon finishing Hakran Diaz.
0: Look, man, Jared Gordon's USC debut was super impressive. I mean, I mean, that intensity, that pace, I was like, damn son, and he kept it up the entire time. I know this is a huge step up in competition. Look, Hakran's been in there with guys like Feely, he's been in there with Cub Swanson, but he's lost those fights, man. You know, Hakran, a little MMA trivia. He's not even a 500 UFC fighter. He's got a losing UFC record. So let's just put that out there real quick. And one thing that he struggles with is guys that push a serious pace. You know, if you can kind of lay back against Hakaran, that's when he can kind of, you know, weasel his way to a decision. I just don't see him weaseling his way here because Jared Gordon can go, go, go for three straight rounds. And, you know, he trains under. John Danaher's first black belt, he trains with Henzo Gracie, he trains with you know the private boxing club where he's from, you know what I'm saying, he's got all the right people, the right training partners, the right coaches, he's loyal to his team, I think he's going to come out here and make a statement, man, like you said, I don't like this price, I don't like minus 165s on the second UFC appearance, even on a debut, especially against a, a grizzled vet like Hakkaran, but the ways the styles match up, I do see Jared Gordon breaking him with that intensity, that pace, that will to win. That, rel- that relentlessness, that uh, <laughs> that post-USADA real body, you know what I'm saying, bro? So I got Jared Gordon uh, breaking Jaquan Diaz here. Now we got one of our favorite fighters in the UFC, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos. He's minus 210. The comeback on Max Payne Griffin is plus 175. Now, Max Payne, uh, you know I got to say, he-, he does have some pop in his hands. He's also very flat-footed. Now, when I say flat-footed, I'm not just talking about, you know, Standing stationary. I'm talking about literally the dude doesn't even have arches in his feet. You know what I'm fucking saying, bro? But And Zaleski, uh, he broke Lyman good his last fight, man. And he went out there. He was slugging hard. And you know if uh, you take down Zaleski, he's going to turn that takedown into a leg lock attempt, sweep you, get back on top. You think he's going to continue his win streak here against uh, Max Griffin? Or you think Griffin's going to get the upset in Brazil?
1: I 100% think Zaleski takes care of business. Look, Max Payne Griffin... Good power in his hands. He's he's known for knocking guys the fuck out. The thing is, his shots are very predictable. All he has is a, a little blitz and a one-two. He doesn't have anything else. He can hit extremely hard. If Zaleski decides early to just plant his feet and slug with him, he could possibly get knocked out. But that's not what Zaleski does. Zaleski likes to move, move outside on the outside. He likes to circle. He likes to time shots. He's got like These nice, like, behind-the-ear shots that he throws that he rocked Omari with, that he wobbled Lyman good with twice. And let's not forget that when Keitaro and him got back up to the feet. Seleski charged at him like an animal and avoided his shots and landed devastating shots. And I think the same thing's going to happen here. I think Max Griffin will show up early. I don't think Max Griffin's a jobber by any means. I think he's a tough guy. But I feel like his game is too predictable and too basic. All he has is one approach. And we can take him down. His takedown D, I've seen him get taken down by jobbers on the local scene. And uh, I think Zaleski could use that route as well. But I think he's going to move outside. And he's going to land the more effective shots. Especially in the second and third round, he will run away with this. We
0: were talking about how... Jack Marshman has a puncher's chance. Max Max Griffin also has a puncher's chance, and I, I think that's about all he has because I don't see him dominating this fight on the mat. I don't see him grinding out a guy like Zaleski. I see the only way that he can win this fight is to go out there and knock out Zaleski. Now, Zaleski could give him that opportunity early because, as you know, Zaleski likes to brawl with every single person he fights. However, he's a very intense, durable guy to where you, know, you start brawling with him, you know, he'll, he'll keep going hard that second and third round when you're like, holy shit, I hit him with my hardest shot and he's still in my face. Whereas, you know, Zaleski's mindset is like, oh, that's all you got, bitch? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now it's time to drown you. So you saw in that last fight, you know, you saw him between rounds and Tiger Shulman, he's, he's cornering Lyman good and, and he goes up to Lyman he's like, Lyman, wh- wh- what's the problem, man? And Lyman was like, I'm scared to get knocked out, coach. He put that fear in him, man. Just put it that way. And Coach uh, Shulman was like, "Fuck that, Lyman! Get knocked out! Fuck that! You know what I'm saying, bro?" Like he,
1: he put the fear in a man that's only losses were to, you know, Ashgren and Korshkov. My And I am, I am playing Zaleski 100 percent, man. I got him in a, a 1.5 unit parlay with somebody else later in the car. And uh, I think it's gonna, I think he's gonna get the job done. I am a little worried early, but those worries are good. Zaleski's gonna come out on point. He's gonna, he doesn't, he doesn't really bang early. He, he keeps his. He likes to, you know, fake that jab and go to the low kick and, you know, throw a little capoeira kicks from the outside. But uh, hopefully he goes with the game plan and uh, finishes Max Payne.
0: You know, when we talk about knockout artists, and I know I said Max Griffin's got a puncher's chance, but let's not sit here and downplay the knockout power of Elijah Zaleski. I mean, the guy's got 12 knockouts on his record. And we
1: can go three rounds, 100%. He
0: can go three rounds hard, as we know. He can also lose the first two rounds and finish you in the third, as we saw in the Omari Ahmedov fight. Now, on the regional scene, I know a lot of his knockout wins were with head kicks. You know, that's how he got the nickname Capoeira. And, you you know, you see him in the UFC, he doesn't really have a Capoeira style. But that's how he got that name. He was knocking dudes the fuck out with head kicks on the local scene. But now you see dude's hands are on point. He's able to mix it up with knees, his elbows. He can spin. And also, like I said earlier, man, you take this guy down, he's going to be rolling for leg locks. He's going to get on top. He's going to sweep you. He's always active. He's always looking to win the fight. Those are the kind of guys I like to bet on. And honestly, man, I feel more comfortable betting him I know this sounds crazy to to newer betters and shit. I feel more comfortable betting him at minus one ninety, minus two ten than I do at minus one seventy. You understand what I'm saying, Shaq. Like it's just one of those things. I, I think he's at the right price right now, you know. I think that it makes sense. You know, you just
1: Look, this is my thing. I feel like this is a fight where maybe Seleski should've opened up minus three hundred. I have respect for Max Pan, but I just don't think he's on this level. I feel like in the line movement really wasn't that crazy, so
0: yeah, you could definitely make a case for Zaleski being minus 300. Um, as of right now, I haven't bet anything on it, but you know, it's. I don't blame anyone for betting this because I I think he's going to win this fight handily. <laughs> <laughs> now, here we go. Fight pass prelims time, man. We got Jared Brooks. He's minus 175. The comeback on Davison, Figueiredo, Alcantara is plus 155 now. This is a fight between a very big flyweight and Davison and a very small flyweight and Jared Brooks. you think the size could be a factor here, Shaq?
1: It definitely can be a factor early, man. I mean, Davison hits like a truck. I know he can get a little sloppy when he gets tired. His hands drop, but let's not deny that he's got a big power advantage. And, you know, we did see Brooks get dropped in the third round of his fight, but in the third round, and his recovery time was on point. Um, I feel like if Brooks played this smart, he can circle run away from him on the feet. And, you know, shooting timely takedowns like you get against Shelton to steal the rounds. But if he tries to stand with him and prove a point, then he might get knocked out. But uh, I'm not playing it. It's that minus 175 for uh, Jared Brooks, and he's got too good of an opponent to be at that line for me to bet. Um, I do think he will pull this off with, like, a split decision maybe in Brazil. But uh, uh, I'm not betting on Davison. but uh, I don't blame anyone that did.
0: You know, it's interesting, man, because when the fight was first announced, I was very confident that Brooks was going to win this fight. You know, solely because I I, I think he's kind of special, man. I love the way that, you know, he mixes up his striking to his takedowns. I love his entries. I love the fact that he can push that pace all three rounds, his recoverability, man. I mean, you knock this dude down, he's getting right back up. You know, he's not going to start backing down. He's not going to start quitting. The guy talks a lot of shit, so people, you know... People have a weird reaction to shit talk, like like you see with Colby, you know what I'm saying? Even I think the dude's fucking hilarious, you know what I'm saying? I think Jared Brooks is hilarious as well. We had him on the show. The dude was funny as fuck, you know what I'm saying? He, he said about Davis, and he's like, he likes to lay on his back a lot. He's very incompetent. <laughs> I'm like, dude, the dude's funny as fuck. Um, you know, it's one of these things where... Davison, you know, I know he represents the Alcantara brothers who you, if you guys listen to half the battle for a while, you know I'm a huge Yuri Alcantara fan, but what's the biggest issue that Yuri has? He can't get up from bottom. Now, Davison actually can get up from bottom. He does have good takedown defense. And one quality I really admire about Davison is that even when he's gassed out, even when he's hurt, because we saw in that, in that Fontes fight, I mean, the dude got dropped a couple times. He gets back up, and he keeps trying to win the fight. I like that quality in a fighter a lot. It's just, can he deal with the high-level wrestling of Jared Brooks? I don't think Jared Brooks is quite D1 or anything, but wasn't he at, like, the Olympic Training Center or some shit?
1: Yeah, uh, he's got some high-level wrestling. Just put it that
0: way. Let's just put it like that, you (laughs) know? So... Davisson's got to be on point but I also feel like Davidson rips one of those uppercuts to the chin. It could sleep Jared Brooks. I mean, we're we're talking about a 135er versus a 115er.
1: This guy has fights at 115 pounds.
0: Yeah, and, but when we all when we talk about 135er versus 115er, we also have to consider that that means that Jared Brooks has a huge speed advantage and he uses that speed advantage very well, man. He's a, he's like he's like a little mouse out there, you know what I'm saying, man? If so he can
1: avoid the power shot. He will take this.
0: It's a it's a tough one to call, man. You know, you went, you who you go with?
1: I'm going with uh,
0: Brooks. All right, you want with Brooks? You know what, man? I'm going to go with the Brazilian here. I'm going to go with, with uh, Acantara. Don't tell Brooks I said that. I think uh, – I mean, I don't really think because I don't really know what the fuck's going to happen here. I think it would go either way. But, you know what, let's go with the Davidson knockout here. Opening fight of the night, the unsung hero, Marcelo Golem. He's minus 185. The comeback on Christian Colombo is plus 160. Shaq. You uh, you looking your chops?
1: Yes, I am. And I see you guys are finally realizing. I see the money's finally coming in, and uh, I'm feeling good about this play, man. Marcelo Gomez is gonna be the MVP for UFC Sao Paulo. Christian Colombo, tough guy, been, a, been around the block for a while, but if we're being honest here, what's he got? I mean, he's got a knee off the break. He's very durable. He's he's good at taking damage. That's what he's good at, and I and I feel like he's got a significant disadvantage in jiu-jitsu and i honestly feel like marcelo marcelo Gomes can come in here with an early blitz rock him take him down an arm triangle him take take his back and choke him out and this could be an easy fight or we can pound him out or we can knock him out maybe colombo's had too much but uh i just don't see any serious stretch colombo has i mean the guy in his uh debut against dan ho who i mean if we're being honest is He's a straight pussy, to be honest. I mean,
0: <laughs> the guy. Well, to say what he did, so that first
1: know. off, if you guys watched the Dan Ho uh, Colombo fight, I mean, Dan, and we already know about this with the Oma Lunchuk fight when he found his way out of that fight as well, and kept trying to weasel out a no contest or some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like Joe Riggs used to do, like try to try to get little shit like that, and that's what Dan Ho is, and he he literally. Went to draw with a guy who kept putting his hand on the on the canvas the whole entire time. Look, that's not going to happen here. We saw what happened when he fought Luis Enrique, and, I mean, it was complete domination from the belt. He didn't do anything. He didn't throw any punches. He got beat in every exchange. He got taken down whenever Luis Enrique wanted to take him down, and he got pounded on, and he got choked out. He uh, he offered nothing to him. And uh, I think Marcelo Gohm's going to do the same. I know there's not that much footage. I know that he's, only, he's never been in... He's never even seen the second round yet, the 3-4 minute mark, whatever mark it is. That means that the dude does what he's supposed to do. He goes out there and he smashes these clowns. And I think he's going to do the same here. I think Colombo's a little tougher than that. Uh, obviously, I'm worried about if uh, if it hits the, la- the late rounds. But the thing is, when you have the free option of shooting a takedown and most likely you're going to get it, I feel like you could be safe in those rounds.
0: I feel as if the blast double will be a big weapon in this fight for marcelo gom i mean the only thing i'm worried about is that look we've only really seen two fights of this guy he smashed two absolute cans in under a round he's never been to the you know to the five minute mark of the first round he's never seen the whole first round end. he doesn't know what a second round is like christian colombo does know what that's like he's been the three-round distance in the ufc is durable as fuck he's also slow as fuck you know what i'm saying he's also unathletic as fuck you know what i'm saying man and uh What should happen is Marcelo Gomes should come out here and truck this dude. He should come out here run him over. I mean, Marcelo Gomes like the heavyweight prospect out of Corinthians. You know, Anderson Silva's gym that he opened up in Brazil. And they're looking at this dude to come out here and make big waves. You know, he was actually supposed to take another regional fight before he got his UFC call. But they needed him in here really badly because... It was supposed to be, I think, Christian Colombo and uh, Grabowski. You know what I'm saying? This
1: is Colombo's third opponent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Marcelo got that short notice call, and I I think he answered it. I think he took this opportunity with full grasp, and I I think he's going to make the most out of it. Look, the most worrisome aspects are, you know, you're laying minus 185 on a UFC debut. He's never been past the first round. He's taking on a durable guy who does have that experience, but that durable guy is super old, super unathletic, super slow. It's got a nice tight, cl- a decent tight clinch. Not a nice tight clinch. He's fighting
1: a guy he? that's putting his head down. Uh,
0: yeah, you look, man. Marcelo Gomez going to run through him, and should honestly be a minus two seventy favorite here. Now we got to hit up Kyle Marley for the Big Marley Minute. Joining us now on the Big Marley Minute is Big Marley himself. Big Marley, what's going on, man?
3: Not a lot, man. Good, uh, good week off. Looking forward to a new set of fights. I've been on a cold streak lately, so I'm ready to turn things around.
0: I feel the exact same way, and man, this is your first time being on half the battle as a dad. Congrats, man. Uh, h- how How's everything, man? How's that been?
3: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been it's been not terrible for me. Uh, the wife has been the one having to wake up in the middle of the night to feed her, but other than that, I mean, I just haven't been able to do as much research, so that's why we missed last week, but I'm back at it, and uh, I'm ready to
0: get some money. And just for the record, you were willing to step up last week, but... You know, it's the week that your child was born. You know what I'm saying? We got to give Big Marley a little rest. But now we're right back at it. And, man, we got a a hell of a card. And I got to ask you your opinion on this fight, man, because, look, Davison Alcantara, he's taking on Jared Brooks. I can see a situation where you play both guys on DraftKings because if Jared Brooks wins, he's going to score a lot of takedowns. If Davison Alcantara wins, he's finishing the fight. Are you leaning a certain way?
3: Uh, I got to like Brooks in this one just for all the takedowns that he could get. Um, I don't know how long he's going to want to stand up in this fight. Uh, so I think he's going to go for more takedowns than he did in his last one. Uh, only problem is his price is 8900 on DraftKings. Uh, I think he could pay that off, but it is pretty stiff. You're going to have to play him over a lot of the other top guys. So you really got to make a decision there. But he would be my pick in that fight.
0: The man, I heard Zaleski cost 9000 That's pretty expensive, but I have a feeling these two are going to go out there and slug. The question is, can he uh, pay off a salary like that?
3: That's a good question. I don't I don't know, man. 9000 is a lot. I'm thinking he has to get the knockout in order to do that. Although, if anyone's getting takedowns in this fight, it is going to be him. So maybe if Griffin gets the best of them early and he starts going for takedowns, then he can maybe pay it off with those. But... I think i would rather have griffin in this fight if they're going to stand and bang i would rather just get the points that he can rack up as the underdog use him as a punt and then that'll get me up to those higher price guys like brooks
0: i know colby covington's been a gem in the past i mean he's a takedown machine but now we're talking about one of the greatest jujitsu black belts in damian maya you think uh, colby can go out there and continue the embarrassment tour against the legend
3: uh yeah i mean i bet him i bet him uh, and then the line actually went down so i might have to bet him again if it keeps going um and, but the problem is is he gonna take maya down that's i'm not sure Man, I would like to see him do it and see a ground game fight but i just don't know if he's gonna want to play that game with Maya. he might just want to stand and bang try and knock him out uh and i can see him doing that really i think he's the better fighter he's gonna control where this fight goes but I don't know, man. If it goes to the ground, he could get submitted. I think it'll get interesting on the ground, so I wouldn't mind seeing it. But Kobe is pick. I don't hate him in DraftKings. I never hate him in DraftKings because if he is going for the takedowns, those add up. Um, and like I said, it, I think he could knock him out. That adds up as well. Uh, but I don't hate you if you're going for a Maya play. I think he'll be under own, so it could be a tricky a tricky play there in GPPs.
0: Tiago Santos and Jack Hermanson. I mean, just like the first fight of the night, I feel like. You could have you can make a case for either guy and with Tiago Santos man I feel like when he shows up the dude is one of the best middleweights in the world it's just that you know when he's fighting guys like Spicely and he's training in the home gym he might think it's a joke but when he's trying to, when he's training at ATT you've seen how devastating this guy is he was training at ATT for this one hermanson's looking better than ever as well I mean are you leaning a certain way because I know the winner of this fight is gonna be a big point scorer
3: uh, yeah, I think the winner will be a big point scorer. The under one and a half rounds is minus 120, so that's where all the juice is. I think whoever does win will score a lot of points, so I think I'm going to have both fighters and GPPs, and I'll probably stay away from it in cash. Uh, however, if I was only making one lineup, I think Santos would probably be the way to go just because he's the underdog. He's 7,900. Compared to Herman's, this 8,300, so I would rather just save that 400 and grab another favorite. And the line's pretty close as it is, so I'd rather just take the underdog if I had to. But if you're making multiple lineups, I think this is a good fight to go 100% all in.
0: What's your opinion on Font and Munoz, man? Because uh, I feel like they're going to have a good old-fashioned knock. Font does have a 7-inch reach advantage, but Munoz is deadly with that guillotine. He finishes dudes in the first round a lot. It's a tough one for me to call. What are you thinking?
3: Yeah, man, it's a tough one for me to call, too. I've been avoiding it in my lineups just because I don't know exactly what to do with it. Um, I think Fawn should get the better of him on the feet. Maybe he could get the knockout, which would be a lot of points. Um, he throws a lot of volume, so he adds up when he does uh, his striking. Um, so you don't exactly need the takedown with him, but it would be nice if he would go for one or two. Uh, Pedro, though, I could see him trying to get it to the ground because he might not want to stand with font for that long. So if he's going to try and take it to the ground. Font only has a 20% takedown defended rate, so maybe he can get it there and get a submission. So I think I would rather have Munoz, but again, man, I don't know. It's a tough one. I could I could maybe go both ways in GPPs. I could avoid it. I don't really have a lean on this fight yet.
0: So what's your opinion on the two biggest underdogs of the card, uh, Marlon Vera and Jack Marshman? Because, look, both guys are finishers, and if you saw Bibulata versus Moraga or... Adriana Martins versus Caden Johnson. You know some pretty crazy shit has been happening lately. Like I said, both these underdogs are finishers. They're the underdogs for a reason, though, man. That being said, are you playing any of them?
3: Oh, man, I don't know. I don't see me getting uh, either one of them in my lineups. Uh, But like you said, man, things have been crazy lately. So I wouldn't be shocked if either one of them somehow pulled out a win. I just don't see it happening on either side. Uh, I mean, Carlos Jr. lost to Dan Kelly, so maybe he could get his no-broke and give up, and Marshman would be a great play in GPPs because nobody's going to have him. I think Carlos Jr. will probably be the highest-owned guy. So, I mean, if you think Marshman can get the W, you might want to throw him in a lineup just because that'll bump you ahead of a lot of the field if it does happen. is uh, probably going to need the submission, so maybe a takedown comes with that unless he gets like a standing guillotine, <laughs> but I think is just going to punish him uh, but I don't see Lineker wanting to take it to the ground, so I think it's all strikes, maybe knockouts. So I would rather have Carlos Jr., I think, out of those two favorites just because Lineker's not going to want to get any takedowns.
0: Man, there's so many potential violent fights on this card, and obviously Nico Price and Vicente Luque, in my opinion, it's not going to go the distance. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, Kyle, but I have a feeling those two are going to stand and bang. So again, are we playing both guys, or are you leaning a certain way?
3: Uh, This is another good one to play both guys. Uh, I was leaning towards uh, Luque, however, I mean, the line movement has been going down, so that makes uh, Price a better value on DraftKings, so it's kind of changing my mind lately. Uh, Price is at plus 110 right now, but on DraftKings, let me see here, Price is 7,700 compared to Luque's 8,500, so that right there just makes me rather go Price and hope he keeps pulling off these knockouts, but... I've been picking against him every time, so I don't know if I want to keep doing that and lose my money, you know? So I might have to switch and go to price on this
0: one. Dude, I feel you on that, man. His fights have been hard for me to predict as well. You know, I keep picking against him, he keeps winning, and then eventually I'm going to pick him and he's going to take his first L. So it's it's just one of those things, Kyle.
3: I know, man. That's what's happening. I'm hoping because of this line movement that we actually pick him this time and then he'll get the W and win us some money this time.
0: That'd be great, man. So... I know you're not a big fader, but I mean, when we talk about layoffs, you know, it's not just a one year layoff. Leo Machida's coming off a two and a half year layoff. His last two fights, two and a half years ago, he got absolutely destroyed. Derek Brunson's last five fights are all first round finishes. Excuse me. His last five wins are all first round finishes. First round knockouts, to be specific. You think he's going to continue that trend here, man? Or you think, uh, you know, he's going to run in with his chin up in the air and get countered, kind of like Bader did?
3: I mean, if he loses, that's exactly how it's going to happen. So I think Machida would be a GPP only play. You cannot play him in cash because I do think Brunson wins this fight. Uh, I don't think he's going to want to stand and, and play that game with Machida for too long. He's not going to take the chance of getting knocked out. So he's going to try and get it to the ground, get the takedowns. Maybe Machida can get up and then he can get more and more takedowns. Uh, but yeah, I would much rather have Brunson in this, in this fight. If I was making like 10 lineups, I do think you need maybe one or two Machida lineups just in case he does get that knockout. Then it would boost you up over the field because he is so cheap. But, man, Brunton's got to be the play here.
0: No, I feel you 100% on that, man. So a couple more guys that I think could be potential uh, big point scorers. This guy on the very first fight of the night, Marcelo Gomez, he's taking on Christian Colombo, who let's just say isn't the best. And uh, Marcelo Gomez, even though there isn't much film on him, All of his wins are first-round finishes, and uh, he could continue that that trend here. You know, that's going to score a lot of points. And then we got guys like Trinaldo on the card. I mean, he was on a massive win streak before he fought Kevin Lee. And then also Jared Gordon, man. I I assume he had scored a huge amount of points in his UFC debut. So what's your opinion on Golm, Jared Gordon, and Trinaldo? Uh,
3: I like all three of them. Like you said, uh, I'll be a little meaner. Colombo does suck. I mean, that dude's terrible. Uh, and I was watching Golem right before you called. So just the little bit I've seen of him, I would much rather pick him over Colombo. The odds think he's going to finish. So I like that. Um, so I don't mind Golem as a play at all. I won't have any Colombo. Uh, Trinaldo, he's cheaper than Golem. Uh, he's got better odds to win and he's pretty good. So I, I, never hate on Trinaldo. He's always a good play in my mind. Um, Miller, maybe he could pull off a submission. I don't see him doing uh, too great on the feet against Tornado. So I wouldn't have uh, too much Miller. I think I like Ternaldo only in that fight as well. And then what was the other one? Oh, yeah, Gordon. That's going to be a good one. I mean, he scored 138.5 in his first fight. Holy That's shit. pretty insane. Uh, I don't see him pulling that off again. Uh, but I do think he'll be really highly owned because of that. So I think I would rather lean the other two just because of ownership, but I do think Gordon's a good pick as well. Uh, I'd rather pick him than Diaz, uh, but I don't know if you can put all three of them in your lineup with those other favorites that we want. So I think you're going to have to pick uh, one or two of those three, and I would rather have the lower-owned guys out of Trinaldo and Gom than I would the cheapest Gordon. <laughs>
0: So, when these guys come out there and they score 135 points in their UFC debut, what's the trend usually been, man? I mean, do they usually repeat that success, or does it uh, fall, you know, less than halfway down?
3: Yeah, I mean, nobody nobody continues 138 points multiple times, unless your name is Demetrius Johnson. He's probably the only guy who can do that. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see how he can get that much in this fight. If he does, then I think you've got to auto-pick him every time from now on, just because of that ceiling he has. Uh, but I just don't see how that continues. Uh, I would think he maybe gets 80, 90 points in this fight, uh, which isn't bad at all, but 130, it's a little ridiculous.
0: Well, Kyle, man, before we let you go, anything uh, we're leaving out? I think we pretty much covered the whole card.
3: Yeah, I feel like we hit every fight. Uh, so hopefully everybody listening wins some money. Uh, same with you guys.
0: Yes, sir. Follow this man at Big Marley 3 Kyle, thanks again for the time, man, and uh, best of luck in the first week of fatherhood, man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You got it, man. Talk to you next week. Cool. Take it easy. And that's why Kyle Marley is number one drafts game player
1: in all of MMA. Yeah, man. Kyle, uh, Kyle Marley gets it done, and uh, congrats to him on his uh, new kid.
0: And Now, Shaq, we got to talk about the
1: fight to watch and the fighter to watch. So, Shaq, what is the fight
0: to watch for UFC Sao Paulo?
1: Man, the fight to watch is going to be Zaleski Dos Santos versus Max Griffin. Zaleski puts on... Quite the show every time he fights, man. Uh, the Amari fight, fight of the night, Lyman good, fight of the night. And, and I'm expecting a, a little earlier finish, and uh, I think it's going to be very exciting. Very exciting while it lasts.
0: Look, I mean, anytime you got Zaleski fighting, that's obviously one of the fights to watch, but I'm going to go with Thiago Santos versus Jack Hermanson, man. I mean, look, Hermanson. A lot of people are convinced that this dude is, uh, you know what I'm saying, the the, the dark horse of, of the middleweight division. I mean, he does have the footwork a little bit like Jocko. I know he's been pounding these dudes out in the first round. But Tiago Santos, man, like I said earlier in our breakdown, man, when this guy shows up on point, he's an absolute force to be reckoned with in that division. The physicality, the presence, his left kick, it's just devastating, man, and now they're starting to feel more comfortable, I'm curious what he's going to do out here against a guy like Jack Hermanson, who also is starting to look the best he ever has in the middleweight division, so that is my fight to watch, now Shaq, who is your fighter to watch for UC Sao Paulo?
1: First fight of the night, Marcelo Gomes, I mean, you know, I got all the money on him, like I said, he's going to be the MVP of the weekend, and uh, I'm expecting him to, you know, come in here and make that impressive UFC debut, he's got the perfect opponent to do it against, and uh, and it's a guy who's you know, 17 and or not like nine and two, and but he's beaten some very good guys, so this will be a good opportunity for him to uh, make a some make a little hype train.
0: My favorite to watch is Marlon Chitovera. I mean, this is a guy that's gained the opportunity of a lifetime. If he can go out here, beat the number five guy on planet Earth in Brazil, it's going to open up every door for him. And, I mean, his the door's already opening for this guy. I mean, he's on the billboards of Pepsi in Ecuador. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the guy's going to become a little superstar. Now, even if he doesn't get past John Lineker, I still think he's going to become a superstar because the guy's such a hard worker. He's got a great personality. And, uh... He's very exciting to watch. I mean, when he finishes fights, it's always a holy shit moment. Like, you didn't expect that armbar against Brian Keller. Or you didn't expect that head kick against Brad Pickett. And uh, I think as he starts to step up in competition, we're going to see more shit that we don't expect. So keep your eye on Chito Vera, man, because ever since that kid moved to the United States, uh, it, it looks like a completely different fighter. Well, Shaq, we did it, man. UFC Sao Paulo is going down this weekend. I'm very excited for this car. It's going to be a really good one, even though I don't got too many bests on the line. You know, just chill out, enjoy some good fights. Cause every single fight from start to finish on this one, it's going to be enjoyable. There's no, you know, there's not really any fights on this card where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to step out for that one. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, man. Um, like I said, Marcelo Gomes, Zaleski for the win. Um, and, uh, follow me MMA genius. five, and, uh, Appreciate all the support. Yes,
0: sir. I can't wait for next week. UFC 217, GSB versus Bisping, Cody Garbrandt versus TJ Dillashaw, Joanna Jacek versus Rose, James Vick versus Joe Duffy. I mean, holy shit. These are some serious fights. Follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to BestFightPicks.com for the plays. As of right now, you guys can tell I haven't put out any bets yet for UFC Sao Paulo. But if that changes, be the first to know at Best 5 picks on Twitter. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube and Stitcher. Hook up those 5-star reviews. Look, just like your favorite fighters trying to get in that top 15, we're trying to get in that top 15 of the iTunes charts. Hook up that that 5-star review and until the next time, let's cash these bets.